Any examples used are for illustrative purposes only and do not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and may not be suitable for all investors. It is not intended to predict the performance of any specific investment and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. This is another money show. Get set for another hour of the latest financial information and economic news affecting your bottom line. JR and Anthony are committed to helping more Americans like you optimize their income, reduce their tax risk, and reach financial freedom. So let's start the show. Here are your hosts, Anthony Correo and JR Rochford. Here we are, your hosts, Anthony Creo, J.R. Rochford, taking a break from our day-to-day -day as financial advisors with Rochford & Associates, a fully independent fourth-generation family practice right here in the greater Phoenix area. Uh, we're aware that the last thing that you need is another talk money show, but we appreciate you being here. Well, and you know what? We think, actually, I think what you need the most is another money show. We... Obviously, we're not like the other shows. I say that we're a show on current events and how they may affect your finances. You know, since we started, our whole thing is we want you to be prepared, not scared. We want you proactive, not reactive. This this world is crazy. I mean, things come at us so fast. Our attention spans are so short. Before the show, Jim and I were talking about, you know, football seasons here again. It's just the years go faster and faster. And I think part of it is the older I get, the faster it goes. A lot of the people that listen to us, I know that they're my age or older. So they feel that more than most people. Most of us older people, we're in shock. I mean, when I think about the almost year and a half now that we've had the show, we've talked about so many things and they've come and gone. I mean, I you know somebody made a reference this morning to Janet Yellen in China and the psychedelic mushrooms and how... We never did hear if that was intentional or what, what happened. It, everything comes and goes so fast. You know what? What is constant? Change. And we try to bring you all of the changes so you're awake. We want to make sure you're, you're aware, you're nimble. We meet people in the office and we do financial planning. We actually sit down and do a plan. We had a young man in the office yesterday, a guy named Rick, wonderful man. I've known him for a couple of years now. Very, very young. Got their stuff together. I mean, they're in good shape. And he's waking up to the fact that time goes fast and he needs to do some retirement planning. So it's funny because a lot of the times on our show, I mean, you and I butt heads a little bit, we bicker a little bit, but we're always on the same page with things. You know, you, you say that all the time that we do agree. It, it's funny because when I think about day to day, we are, we're changing people's lives financially. One person, one couple, one family at a time. We're making a difference. I mean, we we actually put together a plan for this man yesterday and his family. We're going to put it in writing today, make sure he's able to absorb it, everything we did. And it's like, so we're. I think what we're doing is way more important than a lot of what I hear out there. This is not just, you know, come in, buy something, get out. We've always said that, you know, most of the people, when we're a second opinion, we see products, we don't see plans. And our whole thing is you need to have a roadmap. So with that said, another week, another bunch of stuff going on. Do you want me to jump into what's weird to me right away? Or do you want to make this show entirely financial and calm? What do you prefer, Anthony? Um, I mean, given the options, I don't know, give us something <laughs> interesting. What are, you, uh, what are you angry about today? 
I'm angry. You know me. I'm angry about everything every day. So <laughs> what I'm angry about today, you know, with all of my nightly reading and my early morning reading and video watching, a lot of things that I find, I don't see them on the mainstream media. I don't hear people talking about them. You know what I did hear people talking about this morning? And I forgot, Jim, I forgot to ask you, Jim's in Florida. You know, this this Hurricane Idalia. Idalia, Idalia. I mean, is that is that going to affect you? I th- I think you're too far inland for that to be a concern. But you know, and and it is important. But it's it's more important for the people who live in Florida. And by the way, why is a hurricane financial? You know, I did hear the governor saying that we're already ready to help people. Okay, so Jim said just some wind and rain. Good, good, because you know that kind of stuff's scary. But you know, how do we tie it financially? It, it's everything's about money you know, to rebuild, just to buy lumber, to board up your windows. Everything's about money. And then something that hit me as I was hearing that on the news this morning, there's becoming a little bit of a problem with, with home and auto insurance. I mean, they're they're raising rates really, really fast and high. Some states, they're not taking on new customers. So this hurricane, that's going to make it worse because if you're with Allstate or Farmers or State Farm or whatever, and you're in Florida... And there's all these claims all of a sudden that shouldn't affect me here in Arizona. But guess what? The companies, their main goal is the bottom line. So guess what? If I'm with farmers or Allstate or State Farm, because of that hurricane, my rates are going to go up within a year. That's how I see this all. So very sad. Anyway, what I'm getting at, mainstream news, although it's important, we're all watching it. What I'm trying to find is what we're not watching that's that's usually known as a black swan event. While everybody's looking one way, something comes out of the woodwork the other way and blindsides us. You know, the the big gorilla in the room, apparently this, you know, I brought up a few weeks ago that the next coronavirus is coming around. It's, what is it? Uh, Eris? Eris, yeah. I don't even remember the name anymore because I'm like, who cares? It's going to be annually. But that, you know, can you imagine if they shut down businesses again? Can you imagine if the, this goes full-blown like it did in 2020? This economy is fragile. We've got people, they've got over a trillion dollars in credit card debt now. Money. Well, that's going to ease our way back into it. <laughs> that's, that's getting thin, too, because really, I mean, the rest of the world is saying, nah, you know, we're not going to play with you anymore. And we are a consumer nation. What does this nation do? What do we sell? What do we build? What are, what's going on in this nation? We buy all our stuff from China. I mean, you know, other than building jet planes with what Northrop Grumman, Grumman, what is it? Northrop Grumman? There we go. Yeah. <laughs> big boy, big boy. I got a lot of words. I'm going to use every word I know today. Thank you, Garrett. So anyway, other than sending planes to other countries, what do we build here? You know, we, we just, all it is is debt and spending. And we are going to get to the meeting last week in the BRICS a little bit here. And then I'll kind of, that'll kind of tie into why I'm not sure we can keep quantitative easing our way out of our problems. But anyway, I did find an article says here, the Pentagon to send Ukrainian pilots for F-16 training to Texas and Arizona. And I mean, obviously that's geopolitical. You could even say it's political. I'm going to say it's financial. So these pilots, let's see here, they're going to train these pilots inside the U.S. as part of a program which could start as early as September. Okay, so first of all, I thought we weren't at war. 
You know, I mean, I thought I thought we were financially supporting this effort. If we're going to take Ukrainian pilots to this country, we're going to ship them to Texas first to train them how to speak English. This article cracks me up. It says here, pilots will first receive English language training in Texas and then begin months of flight training in Arizona. Yay, because I don't hear enough F-35s fly over my house now. At least we'll get more traffic. So anyway, we're going to teach them to speak English, and then we're going to teach them to fly in Arizona. Doesn't that make us more directly part of the Ukrainian war effort, which I thought we weren't part of? You know, I mean, I was saying months ago, you, you want to keep your eye on the fact that we could start drafting young people again. You know, we could start sending troops directly over there. So, but now we're going to bring their troops over here and train them. The other thing that bothers me, we're, this is all really, really expensive. I thought we're broke. We keep telling people, go to the website, usdebtclock.org. It's fascinating. Now we're about to make all kinds of money because we're giving $700 a person to those affected in Hawaii, right? $700 a person. We're giving over $100 billion to you Ukrainian for your pensions, for your military. Now we're going to bring your troops over here and train them. Hawaii, go to <laughs> Hawaii. We don't care about Hawaii. We're, yeah. oh, man. Hey, you said that a thousand times on this show. Money is not for the people here. It's not. And, you know, I know I'm going to be called out again for being political. We had an administration. They kept saying America first. They were saying it out loud. They were saying, and I can't say the party or the administration because then this becomes a political show. You know who you are, though. So they were saying America first. Nobody's saying America last right now. Nobody's saying it. Um, do you? They're actually they're showing it though. Uh, yeah, on steroids. You know, I'm watching New York. The mayor, of New York City, and the governor are fighting now. It is so hilarious. You know, these sanctuary cities. Also, now they there's no more room in the inn. They're pointing fingers at each other. They're both pointing fingers finally at the federal government saying, you need to close the borders. Oh, so it's okay to overrun California, Texas, Arizona. It, it, you can go anywhere you want. If you get to Chicago or New York City, now we have a problem. You know, and by the way, the people that are coming across the border, it hasn't slowed down. It's actually ramping up. We, we, I don't know why I laugh. I mean, it's going to be problematic. You know, it, New York, having people sleeping in Central Park does not affect me right now in Sun City, Arizona. Will it in two years? Probably. How? Financially. It all comes back to financially. So, and by the way, if we start training Ukrainian pilots, I, I was, you know, I don't know, a few weeks ago, we talked about we're sending cluster bombs. I don't even know what a cluster bomb is. Sounds delicious, though. So are we part of the, is this Afghanistan? Is this Vietnam? Is this the new long-term war that we're in? And if so, what do we do if China, who's in deep financial trouble, they're in their own problems, although you'd never know it because they don't say they are, you know, what if they, they have an issue with Evergrade again, right? Oh yeah, no, they defaulted. They're not paying. Yeah, no, that's that's in default status. Yeah, that's that's a problem. Oh, so we should probably invest in them. Are they going bankrupt? Bye bye bye. Not what would Jim Cramer do? WWJD. <laughs> what would Jim Cramer do? I mean, uh, oh my gosh. So what if they decide that this fall? We thought they were going to do it last fall, but I guess we were too busy with Ukraine. So what if this fall? 
China decides now is the time to make Taiwan part of its country. It's just, it's amazing to me what's going on in this world. And yet, you know what's pretty good? You know what I looked at this morning? My stocks. <laughs> my, my stocks are doing great. Uh, boy. So anyway, so we're sending money to Ukraine. Now we're sending money, we're spending money on Ukraine in Texas and Arizona. So I guess my only question, and then I'll let this go, did we get rid of all of the food insecure? Did we get all the homeless people off the streets, all the homeless vets? Did we take everybody here first? Because I really, I think that America first isn't racist. I just think it's good business. I think we should take care of ourselves first. And then with all the excess cash, we'll send all that over to Ukraine. But that's just well. So on the counter argument is maybe we do need to give all this stuff out to all these other countries because they're the only ones supporting us right now, and without their support, we fall. Who else is going to buy our debt? Okay, but that's stopping. I know you're reading the stuff. Some of the stuff I do, they're they're stopping buying our debt. You know, I mean, it, it's changing. The you know, India just did a huge. They did a trade of oil with the rupee. Jeez, I mean, I have all these articles. Once again, I printed too many, and I have too many to look at. Yeah, no. What did the, you uh, retain from any of these articles? Tell, just tell me what you learned, Jr. Don't read it to me. Tell me what if, you learned. If I was smart enough to do that, Anthony, I wouldn't have to do this. You know what sucks about me when I have everything. Very, well, I thought we were gonna play nice today. I thought we. I've gonna, been so nice this whole episode. No, you're you're amusing yeah. yourself, which is good. It's nice to see you smile. Um, no, it sucks being me because I have a very small brain. So when I learn something new, something old has to get pushed out. So I have to do this. You know, I don't, boy, this is crazy. I'm jumping over here. Let's see here. Dollar dumped the United Arab Emirates to join India in the BRICS block after the two powerhouses trade 1 million barrels of oil for rupees instead of U.S. dollars for the first time. So there, there's your question. People are going to stop buying our debt. They're going to start dumping our debt and they're going to start pinching us out. And I think that that does not end well. When Venezuela, when Hugo Chavez had them as a very oil-rich, wealthy nation, things were going pretty good over there. They had a vibrant country. There was, there was very, it was very good, robust commerce. Now, they have to go to the border and wait in line to see if they can get food and medicine. It's it's kind of chaotic. It's a mess over there. I think Listen that our that country happened when you build your entire economy on a one trick pony. Yes. If you're all oil, you're subservient to whatever oil is doing, which is you yeah. know how we saw that play out. And we could be all oil, by the way. You know, a few years back we were going that direction too. We could be energy. We could have our own energy in this country. And not have to worry about the UAE and Saudi Arabia, but I, apparently that's not a good idea. So what's what's our trick? You know, we're a one-trick pony. I I think the only trick we have is debt. We are a debt-driven nation, but that that's we do have technology. I feel like we've got a lot going for us. We're not. We got a bit more. This country has a bit more to offer. Well, and with the technology, I mean, what like AI? I mean, we. I don't know. I mean, I'm out to I'm I'm out on that one too because a lot of what I've read is that if it's used correctly, it's a game changer in a good way. If it's not used correctly, it could be a game changer in a bad way. And I am very cynical. 
whereas a lot of people around me are glass half full, I am very much glass empty. So I think the likelihood is more <laughs> that it will be used for evil and nefarious purposes. So I'm not sure. The technology, the direction might not be a good one, but I don't know. And I'm not, you know, I mean, everything you say makes sense. I am trying to be nice this week too. I don't want to butt heads with you on everything. I agree with you. We, we do agree with each other in a lot. We just, you know, it makes it for more interesting radio if we if we come at it like we're fighting about it. We're just so, a grumpy old man. I get tired of hearing the grumpy old man bit. <laughs> Wait, you're a grumpy young man. So in all fairness, yeah. I mean. That's <laughs> fair. As, all right. As, now I'm done. You win. As a teenager, you, you were very angsty. I don't know where you got that word angsty, but you've never really changed. I mean, you, you really, you, you have been kind of a sourpuss your entire life. Which, I don't still care about you. I still love you. I mean, I, we're, we're good. I mean, you know, the people that think we're going to split up, we're not. And by the way, I mean, this show would be really boring if it wasn't both of us. I mean, especially if it was just you. It would be really boring. So I think we should stay together. Anyway, back to, and I jumped right into bricks. I, I meant that good. for after bricks break. Be the only thing we talk about. That's probably the most important thing going on right now. Tell me about that meeting. It is. It's very important. That meeting. A lot of people leading up to that meeting thought that it was going to be about unveiling a new currency. And I, I mean, I was watching that too, but I, I wasn't so sure in my mind that that's what it was about because I'm still thinking we might have a global currency sweep in. All these countries that are doing their own central bank digital currency, it's not going all that well. So, and when this country does ours, I can't wait. I mean, you, you know, I mean, I, I do put on my tinfoil hat. I think we will have China style social credit scores. If you vote a certain way, you're going to get less food than if you vote another way. I can see that super easily. But the meeting, it actually was a lot more controlled. It was a lot more well thought out. You know, they, everybody said there was gonna be like 40 countries there trying to get into the nation. And apparently there were 60. They've already let five in. The five that they've let in so far it's fascinating to me because we always talk about inflation, hyperinflation. We talk about failed financial policy. And who do we talk about? Venezuela, Argentina, Brazil, Greece. We talk about certain countries, you know, and, and years ago when we talked about banks on the edge, this is years ago, Italy, Ireland, United States, Germany, that was a global banking issue. That's still on the table, just so you know. These banks are not out of the woods. You know, obviously, we'll have to touch on that sometime today. But anyway, with these nations they let in, one of them's Argentina. And I thought, well, why Argentina? The whole thing, a big light bulb went off over my head last week. Commodities. Argentina is in trouble. They have inflationary problems. But if they can join the BRICS and become more solid, what they bring to the table is meat. They're huge meat producers. United Arab Emirates was let in. Saudi Arabia was let in. What do you think of Anthony when you hear those two countries? No, oh, oil. Yeah. Of course. So once once the BRICS nations can control platinum, silver, gold, oil, food, the rest of the world really is pretty subservient to the BRICS nations. So I mean to me this this they just took leaps and bounds action against the United States. What does most of the world have in common? They're all tired of us and our fat, lazy, instant gratification ways. You know, guess who else joined the Briggs? One of the other five. 
Iran. So that means by proxy, so did Iraq. But Iran are the people, you know, we dropped off a pallet of cash. Do you remember that one years and years ago? That was before you in the office, but that that really, that was an amazing thing to me. And that left the news within a day or two. So Iran, who perpetually is out there saying death to USA, death to Israel, obviously they're working on their nuclear capabilities. Now they're teaming up with China and Russia. Think about that for a second. Have you ever heard the term axis of evil? <laughs> so I chuckle when I say that. Ooh, you know, World War III, we're all going to die. <laughs> so axis of evil. You, you, Iran just got a heck of a lot more powerful if they have the backing of the BRICS nations. And they're in. They're in. It's not they're being considered. Those five nations that I'm mentioning are now in. So this is a changing world. You know, obviously things don't happen overnight. Again, I looked at my stocks this morning. They were up. So, but watch out. As soon as this whole thing starts, you know, getting everything in place, we really, the world reserve currency is going away. I don't care what Jalen, Janet Yellen says. <laughs> Jalen, her new name to me is Jalen. So anyway, um, and by the way, the the oil trade in the rupees, this this monumental transaction follows the sale of 25 kilograms of gold from a UAE gold exporter to a buyer in India. This was about 128 million rupees or 1.54 million US, according to Reuters. So what we're seeing is India is trading in their currency, the rupee, oil and gold, which means they don't need the dollar anymore. They're taking the dollar off the table. We know how big India is. Now, when you look at the the BRICS countries, when you look at them all together, they, their GDP is now larger than the United States. So I found another article. It said here, the BRICS GDP with the new members reached $30.75 trillion. The combined overall GB, GDP is $30.75. The U.S. GDP is $25.5 trillion. This is now. So they are, they are almost $6 trillion bigger than we are. You know, they have to all be combined. We, we've been the powerhouse forever. This is now. When they let more nations in, they're going to keep growing. And then it's going to answer your earlier question. They can dump our debt. They can basically dump us as a country. And then we better have a real strong administration. I'm going to take it back to politics. We better have somebody that cares about this country and doesn't want to see us go the way of Rome. And they, they can say, you, you better start growing your own food again. You better bring back manufacturing because the rest of the world is going to isolate us. Yes, this is going to be over 50 years. Yes, I won't be here. Yes, Anthony, you will. So I, I just hope this goes well because it has started. And now over the next, you know, in my, in my thing, there's urgent and then there's important. Urgent is going to be the next two years. We're going to see what happens politically. We're going to see what happens with the currency. You know, we're going to know a lot more in the next two years, housing market, viruses, all this stuff. But then important is going to be the next 20 to 50 years. And that's where you come in. Your age has to fix Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security. And now you're going to have to fix food. You're going to have to fix how this country plays with the rest of the world. And I'm, I'm not optimistic. I've been telling people forever. I manage money into the future without a crystal ball. I cannot be an optimist or a pessimist. I am a realist. And I would tell you what, 
I mean, I am still extremely short-term pessimistic, but because of you and because of Jim and because of my youngest son, Jay, who goes off to college tomorrow, I have to be long-term optimistic. By the way, Jay, good job. Jay's going to college tomorrow. That's exciting. So anyway, um, I, I guess I just think this GDP is huge and it's going to accelerate when they bring in more nations and we're going to see big changes in this country. Yeah, but that's a ton of different countries coming together to meet what our one country has the potential of. Yep. And they've done it already just with these new members and what what is the one thing all of those countries have in common? They yeah, don't yes. like us. Hate's a strong word. They don't care for us. So with with that, <laughs> what now? Stop being so angsty. You'd be all sensitive with your language. Fine. Yes, you're damn right I will. So why don't we do this? Should we ease into our first break and come back? Talk more about the bricks, talk about the banks. I'll let you kind of pick it. I have plenty to talk about today, but I want to make sure we stay calm today. Well, I so think anyway. BRICS is the most important, so whatever else you have to say about BRICS, because I imagine a lot of people aren't following it nearly as closely. Yeah, no, and the, and there's not, I mean, there's not a lot to say. I mean, we just covered the main points, but yeah, we'll finish that up and then we'll move on. So anyway, so make sure you reach out to us, team at anothermoneyshow.com, or give us a call, 623-523-0444. Don't forget about our YouTube channel. That's That's my little... That's my favorite thing about this, that YouTube channel. It's an easy way to introduce us to other people. And uh, you're listening to 960 The Patriot. We'll be right back. This is another money show, except this one's different. This one's actually fun. With soaring inflation continuing to wreak havoc on everyday budgets, there's never been a more important time to cut costs. But do you know where to begin? I'm Matt McClure with the Retirement.Radio Network, powered by AmeriLife. There's no question, costs have been soaring. About one-third, 34%, say they are worse off financially this year than a year ago. Almost half, 46%, say they've had to cut household spending due to inflation. CNBC correspondent Sharon Epperson recently reported on a survey that sheds more light on how inflation has been impacting us all, even those who earn six figures a year. These high earners say the first expenses to go are dining out at restaurants, entertainment outside the home, and travel and vacations. More than half also say they'll delay big household purchases. That high inflation has led the Federal Reserve to respond with interest rate hikes. The goal is to increase costs to tamp down demand. Esther George is president of the Kansas City Fed. Already we've seen the committee's policy actions lead to a very sharp tightening of financial conditions. But it hasn't done enough yet, and costs still keep rising. So what should you do? Well, we have a free resource called 23 Retirement Cost Cutters for 2023. It's full of ideas to help you make the most of every penny. Things like take advantage of senior discounts, eliminate unnecessary subscriptions, and cut back on clothing expenses. Look at your needs and wants, figure out what's optional and what you can cut out. The last one on the list of 23 Retirement Cost Cutters for 2023 is perhaps the most important. Seek advice from a trusted financial professional. That's the best way to get in-depth financial advice and retirement planning that's customized to you and your goals. Just make sure whoever you consult for financial advice has years of experience and credibility you can verify. So, 
Do you know the best way to cut costs in 2023? That's a key question to consider as our budgets get stretched to the max. With the Retirement.Radio Network, powered by AmeriLife, I'm Matt McClure. At Rochford & Associates, we know you've worked hard to earn your money, and you've worked even harder to save it. When it comes to wealth management and planning for retirement, J.R. Rochford and his team of specialists have been helping individuals, families, and business owners find financial freedom at their veteran-owned firm for more than 25 years. Give us a call now at 623-523-0444. That's 623-523-0444. Welcome back to another Money Show. Thank you so much for being with us. We're, we're really flattered that you make us part of your weekend. So if you've missed any part of today's show, subscribe to wherever you get your favorite podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever, and make sure you check out that YouTube channel, youtube.com, Another Money Show. So help us make that thing grow. We want to dethrone who? <laughs> Joe Rogan. I drew a total blank. You're right. I'm just a crabby old man. And you know, <laughs> some, something you said during the break, you're like, well, you're just a crabby old man. I am. The older I get, I'm more, I'm Archie Bunker. I'm get off my lawn. But you know what's funny? There's a whole bunch of people that love, they relate to me. They're like, they're tired. They're tired of all the stuff they hear. They're tired. They want to listen to the song North. What is it? Richmond, rich men, North of Richmond. They, they're tired of people. So anyway, um, we'd like to dethrone Joe Rogan. So please help us on the YouTube channel. Let's finish up the bricks. So with the five nations that they let in, they let in Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates, Argentina, Iran. I mentioned those. The next two, I have to dig a little further and see why. The next one is Egypt. Do you remember, Anthony, I don't know if you would remember this, but we sent a bunch of F-16s to Egypt. Do you remember that? And it, I and don't. There was a government overthrow going on and we supported them militarily too you know we do tend to support the entire world when it comes to financial matters and military matters so egypt i don't know yet why or what they bring to the table the last one is another one i'm confused they let in ethiopia and when i think about ethiopia there must be some real rich precious metals mining going on or something because ethiopia all I ever think of is like Sam Kinison and starving kids and, you know, I mean, no offense, but people making jokes, you know, what, what do you eat there? Sand. What's there going to be there in a thousand years? Sand. Move out of the desert. So Ethiopians, congratulations. You are now part of a conglomerate that is more powerful than the United States. So good work, Ethiopia. So the whole thing about the BRICS nations, it's some of these articles all seem to match up. The key here, it says the larger trend is deemed de-dollarization and has gained such sway that some are questioning whether the dollar's days of dominance are over. But Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said no no currency currently exists that could place the greenback. I can't read some of this without laughing. So Janet Yellen, you little high... You, you cartoon, sorry, I'm, oh man, I'm definitely going to be missing after today's show. So Janet Yellen is saying that we are still the king. We have $32.8 trillion in debt on the books. We have underfunded and unfunded liabilities 
over a couple trillion dollars. We People are dumping our debt. People are trying to get rid of us. And you're still going to say we're the big dog? Yeah, you, you, you're right. I mean, as she said that months ago, she said that for now, she did say it's going to take a while, but she kind of alluded to it could happen. Okay. Well, yeah. And she better start alluding that more. So she's going to go down in history as the the worst treasury secretary ever. You know, I mean, I, it's just so funny to me. Stop lying to the people. Start saying we're in deep trouble. How do we fix it? So, you know, what, what got us into inflationary changes, printing money, you know, I mean, COVID, let's talk about COVID because that's obviously starting to take over Facebook again. I'm seeing the posts that say, I will not comply. Good, good, good. Did you comply the first time? I mean, come on. The, the whole thing with COVID, you told me not to go to work, which I, it, looking back, I think that was actually a mistake. So you told me not they to go to work. 1200 bucks though. Why are you complaining? Yeah, about? like three times. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I got free money. Woo, free money. There's free money everywhere. And you know what? Sooner or later, we run out of other people's money. Well, the day's here. Guess what? Today is Wednesday, August 30th. As we record, today's it. It's the last day. Free money is no longer going to work. So, you know, by the end of this year, beginning of next year, you know, when people get in even deeper trouble in their credit card debt, you know, if, if there's any little snag and people start losing their homes, what are they going to do? They're going to put in another rent moratorium. You know, y- you got to start paying your student loans in October. You know, I mean, half the people are saying they're not going to be able to do it. They'd have to choose between paying their student loans or food and gas. So I don't know. And what's the government going to do? They're going to print more money. They're going to do rent moratoriums. They're going to, you know, say you don't have to pay rent. You know, and and I don't want to go down this rabbit hole too far, but did you read that Zillow, Zillow, the people that also became a realtor, you know, a couple of years ago, and then they wound up losing their, their butt. So Zillow is coming out with a new loan program. And it's going to be 1% down to buy a house. I mean, don't get me wrong. You're still going to have like a 7% interest rate on your home. So a $400,000 home that a year and a half ago would cost you two grand a month is not going to be three. But anyway, Zillow is coming out with a 1% down payment loan. Do you remember 2004, 5, 6, the housing market run up and then 8, 9, 10? Do you remember the housing crash? Do you remember the big short? Do you remember all that stuff? Do you know why that all happened and grew into the, the financial markets? Because they were giving away loans to people that shouldn't have loans. Who in the hell are you trying to attract, Zillow, if you're saying, come to us, if you only have 1% to put down on the house, if you have 1% to put down on the purchase of your home, I got an idea for you. Rent. Don't buy a home. If you don't have the money, it, when I was a kid or younger, it was you You were supposed to put 20% down on a home. And I know, I know, homes were only $15,000 when you were a kid. I know. Correct. I know. Yeah, and I know, yeah, and you have been spot on. Our wages have not kept pace with how college education, homes, autos, all this has gone up. I agree. I agree. I don't yeah, think- Yeah, homes back then were like double what the medium- uh, annual wage was double to triple now it's like 10 times and what do we do about it you know what well, i mean one percent I, I get what you're getting at but a mortgage is still probably cheaper than renting because got a question renters are being screwed right now too because you've got, got black rock vanguard all these places buying up all of this commercial property or not commercial necessarily but uh all these rental properties 
Why are they doing that? Enterprises there too. Are they doing that out of corporate greed? Are they doing that because we're going the direction of one day individuals will not own a home, and we will live in fifteen city, fifteen minute cities? Uh, Do I go conspiracy theory like the World Economic Forum, or do I go, yeah, it's just you know the bigger getting bigger, richer getting poorer, hover, you know, poorer hover, middle class is shrinking. But I have a question for you. So the one percent, and I'm gonna keep saying Zillow's name because I really hope people research this. So Zillow. The people you're trying to attract, they're not the rich. The rich aren't interested in a 99% float. You're trying to attract, I would say, the lower middle class. So I've got a question for you. You come up with the 1% on your $400,000 home, and then two years later, your air conditioner goes out or your roof fails you are probably in deep trouble. Is Am I on the right track here? I, just, I just think it's dangerous. You know, I mean, we're going to go, I mean, what what is this last? You make fixes. I mean, obviously none of that's a good answer, but if you're going to spend, you know, $2,500 on a two-bedroom, wouldn't it be nice to spend 2000 on a mortgage in something it'd, you own? It'd be great. Well, you'll never own it. I mean, if you put 1% down, that means you own 99%. And when you look at yeah, the time you value, kind of years like anything else, or you'll refinance at some point. But it's you're either going to waste your time renting for the next 50, 60, 70 years, or you put that towards something because the down payments what keeps people from affording homes a lot of the time. And do you think this could lead us if that becomes the norm because it's successful? Do you think it could lead us to another housing market snag or no? You 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 see the positive. And I'm seeing the negative. And I do see what you're saying. I remember under Bill Clinton's administration, the American dream was to own a home. But unfortunately, you know, in 2008, 9, and 10, we realized that's not true. Not everybody should own a home. And I love the fee. You're being financial, which I, li- I like that. I mean, when you look at smart financial planning, of course, you should build equity. Of course, you should not rent. You're making somebody else wealthy, not yourself. But it's just not feasible. The, the people that, that are going to try to come up with the 1% to get out of renting into a home, they, they're having trouble with food and gas. And by the way, you'd never know it. You'd never know it. You go out to eat. You go to the movies. Everything's crowded. I mean, it, am I wrong in all the stuff I'm reading? The debt is getting out of hand. You know, I mean, cars, the average car is in the 40,000 range now. We, the, life is getting unaffordable. You have to be real upper middle class to buy a home and a car right now. So, and I don't know, I mean, somewhere. So you want these people to just keep wasting their money renting or for now, for now. Yeah. Yeah. For now I do. And then when the houses go back to a reasonable valuation, when a house that should be worth 200,000 goes back to 200,000 and not 400,000. I mean, yeah, yeah. Then I want you to come up with the 1% by the house. I just think the houses are way overvalued. So it's a double whammy. You're charging me $400,000 for a house that's not worth it. And I'm just in my observation. You know, your mom and I just sold a home in March and we sold it for, I think, about a third to 40% more than it's worth. That's what I think. Did I take it all day long? If they would have given me double what they gave me, I'd have taken that too because I'm not dumb. I mean, I'm not smart, but I'm, I'm, I'm still in business. But I'll tell you what, the house was not worth what these people paid for it, in my opinion. And when it goes back to what it's worth, then... I think all of the renters should start looking. You, you know when all of these people that, that don't have a huge amount of money for down payment should have been buying a house? 
2008, 2009, 2010, there were way better values. And, you know, obviously the interest rates were lower then too. I, I just think the American dream is dead. It's, it's just too far out of reach. I mean, I, I think you'll never get these people ahead. Part of the whole thing about Zillow doing a 1% loan, you're going to have people whose mortgage is 50 or 60% of their wage, right? I mean, you it's said- 50, you know, 60% right now of their wages is renting and they've got nothing to show for renting. Yeah, but when you rent, if the air conditioner goes out, you just call your landlord. If you have a water main break, you call your landlord. You have some- assurances that you're not going to have to file bankruptcy because your physical structure takes a dump. So I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, just, I'm seeing it from a different angle. And yes, I'm, I'm always trying to play devil's advocate with you. I'm showing the negative sign. You're showing the positive. And we're probably both right. We just need to meet in the middle a little more than we do. But I think it makes for interesting radio that we butt heads with each other. Jim, Jim asked, is the new American dream generational wealth? Speaking of generational wealth, you know what we can do for people, Jim? We can help them to set up life insurance to change the trajectory of their generational. So we can help your kids get ahead. Obviously, you have to die to do so. But with your legacy and inheritance training, we can help you. You know, one of the things that Anthony you and I talk about to people, have your adult kids, kids in their 30s, kids in their 40s, have them come together and pay the premium for the parent's policy and then when the parents pass on, they get 100000 or 250000 or $500,000 of life insurance, and it's tax-free. So that's huge. Boy, that got me off track. I went from Zillow and my deep hatred for 1% down to the American dream and generational wealth transfer. It kind of ties together because we actually had a friend of mine reach out this morning who watched a thing on Instagram or TikTok or whatever, and it was talking about CEOs getting paid in stocks because then they can loan out the stocks. Like they're taking low salaries. Uh, they're getting paid in stocks because they can loan the stocks to the bank and they can get 80% of that's value and it's not taxable. So it's a way to avoid taxes. And then this guy goes on to saying, well, you can do these with homes and you can do this for generational wealth transfer because you buy a home and then you take out a loan against it. And then there's a step up basis when the kid inherits it. And I was just like, well, isn't there a step-up basis regardless? And you're going to have the opportunity to pass down a fully paid-off home versus pray that the investments you take the loan out on can cover or pay for that home when you pass away. I was just like, none of this stuff makes sense because all this stuff is technically true. But I was just like, why? I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of a lot of these uh, YouTube and TikTok advisors the be your own bank, all these other, you know, if you're super, super wealthy, then there's some weird stuff that you can do. But if you're a normal everyday person, you're really limited in the kind of tax avoidance that you think you can do. But the the home thing, having a, t buying a home just to take out a loan on it, like that seems so sketchy. Yeah, I agree. Anything that's convoluted, you have to watch the pros and cons real closely. That be your own but, bank thing. We've seen a lot of people that, you know, and you're right, ultra wealthy, they use tax codes. They find ways to get wealthier. The poor just stay poor. The middle class, they get sucked into things that don't necessarily help them all the time. And that be your own bank, it's, it's you got to be really careful. 
and there's rules to it. If something changes around you and all of a sudden the rules, your game changes, it, it can be a bad thing. So it can be good and bad. You know, when 20 years ago, when the guaranteed interest rates on whole life insurance and, and some of these, you know, permanent plans, they, they were guaranteed interest rates of four and 5%. So if you became your own banker in the late 90s or early 2000s, you're probably doing pretty well. If you've been overfunding it all these years, you got to watch out for something called a MEC, which is a modified endowment contract because the government's come in and said, well, you're not using this as life insurance. You're using this as an investment. Well, yeah, because you tax me everywhere I turn. So I'm trying to find some advantage as a middle-class citizen. But anyway, so yeah. Um, but now- But I do think the, that using a death benefit on life insurance is really the only kind of you know rich trick that- regular everyday people can use. I think that's super smart. You know, I get used in term because it's the cheapest and you can afford it at the time. But, you know, I've took out a $500,000 policy on myself. I think my premium was 115 when I bought it. So, I mean, 115, that's not much. It's a half a million dollars that someone stands to uh, uh, inherit. So, you know, if you're a young family and you can afford a few hundred dollars a month to have a million dollars, you know, should one spouse pass away or both of you live and it gets hit, handed down to your children. I mean, you're going to give them a house. You're going to give them all your miscellaneous bank accounts, IRAs. But oh, yeah, here's an extra million dollars and it's tax free. Here you go. I mean, that's that's going to make a massive dis, uh, difference in the long run. So yeah. I'm a big fan of that. I don't consider it a cheat or a hack. I think it's just smart planning for long term. Absolutely. And we tell people, too, I mean, you worked hard to put away what you put away. You got your 401k, you got your money in the bank, hopefully not too much. Um, so you should spend every penny. There's a book called Die Broke. You should die broke. Make sure the last check you write bounces. And then you can still take care of your kids and grandkids with life insurance, tax-free. So it's actually bigger than trying to leave them your 401k, which can suffer another 2008 and you're in trouble. So uh, yeah, you, you know that- And the best thing about people inheriting, you know, uh, IRAs. If you're non-spouse now, you have to pay the taxes in 10 years. But I love hearing people complain about taxes on inherited money. I was like, this isn't money you earned. You did nothing to get this money. And here's just this gift of money and you're going to be pissy about having to pay taxes on it. It makes no sense to me. People it's are pissy. so mad with money. They just don't get it. Is pissy a financial term? I'm not familiar. Yeah, it's anyone. official. It's in uh, Investopedia. Excellent. It's a sub stack. It's a Reddit term. So yeah, no, people are funny with taxes. I, over the years, I've told people, they're like, I'm, I spend too much in taxes. Well, then why don't you quit your job? Go to work for Walmart, W-2. You're not going to have to worry make about less that. money. Yeah, make less money. You know how the best way to do all this stuff with investing so you don't have to pay long-term gains? Start following Jim Cramer. I'm, it's pick on Jim Cramer and Janet Yellen Day today, so welcome to it. So yeah, all you have to do is lose money and then you don't have to worry about it. You can actually harvest your tax losses if you do this correctly. <laughs> Most people what, do. Uh, I haven't checked on that uh, mutual fund I bought that was inverse Jim uh -huh. Cramer. Yes. I well, bought it. Yeah, let, me, let me tell people something. Warren Buffett, Warren Buffett, one of the most famous investors of all time. Do you realize that he sold a ton of stocks? <laughs> Warren Buffett, Berkshire, ha Berkshire Hathaway sold a net $8 billion of stocks and added to its cash pile in the second quarter of 2023. On a similar vein, <laughs> Burry, remember Michael Burry, the big short? He has placed bets against the S&P 500 
and the NASDAQ 100 worth $1.6 billion. So if you think Warren Buffett and Michael Burry have any financial savvy, you may want to watch what they're doing right now because they are definitely telling us another 2008 is coming without saying it straight out. So yeah, I don't yeah. care what they think. I want all my advice from Jim Cramer. <laughs> and Susan Yorman. Smart, and, because uh, you don't pay taxes. I think yeah, that's smart. That, that other one, uh, Jimmy Buffett. What's his name? Dave. Jimmy Buffett. Ian Burback. Who's uh, the debt guy? God, what is his name? Dad guy. Oh, Dave Ramsey? Dave Ramsey. Yeah, that guy. Where, where are you getting Burback out of Dave Ramsey? And by the way, don't get know. Dave Ramsey as soon as today, too. He's got deep pockets. You know, he went from bankruptcy to- I'm like, just going to need you to take five. Um- but, oh yeah, Dave Dave Ramsey though. I mean, his uh uh, that's I don't even have words. It's just sound effects. <laughs> Dave Ramsey is really good. You know, we're we're in generational. We're not in generational wealth transfer. We're in generational dumbing down on finances. We don't teach in high school. You know, the parents today in their thirties and forties, they weren't taught it, so they're not teaching their kids. So at least Dave Ramsey is imparting some good. You know, he's a good common sense financial. You know, I mean, if you can't afford it, don't buy it. Oh, really? You know, when I was a kid, before high frequency trading computers, my grandfather used to say, he was like, you should save a little more than you spend. I was like, huh, that, that well, really- He should have been a financial advisor. Yeah, he was genius. You know what else he said? Buy low, sell high. You Speaking of buy low, sell high, you, you do realize like when Michael Burry and Warren Buffett are getting ready for proms, that means you probably should too. So buy low, so high. Have you ever heard somebody, have you ever heard a person when things are down? Maybe you haven't because 2008 was really the worst thing we've seen. You know what the advice a lot of advisors gave people and their family members gave them? Don't look at your statement. <laughs> you know, you're, if, if it's the height of the 2008 correction, if we get up around March 9th of 2009, people were saying, don't look at your statements. Are you kidding? Next to your health, your money is the second most important thing. I would say you should be looking at your statements. And if you've lost 40%, don't do it again. Like maybe in the future, reach out to JR and Anthony. We'll show you how to buy high, sell low instead of buying low, selling high. Wait, did I do that backwards? You know what I'm saying though. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. When your 401k is down, you don't look at it. And uh, makes me so angry. So speaking of financial markets, did you just say during the break that, that yellow trucking has been removed? Is that is that now a penny stock? Is that what I got from you? Well, yeah, it's definitely not showing up on NASDAQ anymore. It's saying that it's a over-the-counter, which is hilarious. Um, there's some articles down here. Um, one says, stay away. NASDAQ booted yellow stock is completely toxic. Uh, that said, it's still more than double what it was it's trading more than double what it was um you know a couple months ago uh when they declared bankruptcy so that's it's hilarious to me because it was right in the one dollar range went almost up to four you know after all those articles about them not paying into their pensions or their health insurance um then dropped down to one again and now it is over two so i i don't get it Stock market makes no sense. It's not for you and I to know. It's just for us to sell. Well, we need to get more into 50-day moving averages and candlesticks and and black magic and voodoo. And Why? Stuff. None of that matters. 
None of it matters. It's 100% manipulated. The more we know, the more we'll know that it's manipulated. So, yeah, no, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense when everything, you know, the market's forward looking. The market knows things are going to be okay. Really? Really? Yeah, get back to me. Let's let's check in with that market in a year from now and see what it does. But uh, who knows? So, you know what? I'm worried about time. And you know I cannot let one single episode pass me by without getting into the banks. This week, <laughs> this week what I'm reading, a wave of accounts are being frozen at a popular U.S. bank, triggering an influx of complaints. I had never heard of this bank until a couple of weeks ago, but apparently there is a bank here. It's a group of, it's Walmart and TurboTax linked bank called Green Dot Bank. And apparently, yeah, I hadn't either, but it's big, 33 million customers. That's like 10% of the country. So that's big. I have a feeling it's a lot of Walmart shopper. It's a lot of like, you know, very blue collar. She may have one. Yeah, she might. She's a big Walmart chick. She has one share of Walmart stock, by the way. I bought it for her for Christmas like 10, 15 years ago. So... And the government is looking into it. So that, that makes me feel better. The government, the FDIC people that have 1.1% coverage of your covered accounts under 250000 they're looking into it. It's probably under super secret double probation of inquiry department, but they're looking into it. Uh, something came out yesterday. The regional banks just got another slap in the face. Apparently regulators, the, the financial people from the government, they're going to make them raise their debt levels. Did you hear about this? The... <laughs> Yeah, they're gonna... they won't. They will until they start failing more. Uh, it, everywhere you turn, these banks are under fire and it's just got worse. Apparently, it's not going to be fully implemented for three years, though. So the government has a way to make the banks more solvent, which means make them take on more debt. But it's not going to be fully implemented for three years. Well, that's the uh, the FDIC. When we talk about what they're trying to keep in their coffers and they're definitely keeping lower than that. They've given themselves eight years to fix it. So <laughs> now all of a sudden, three years doesn't seem so bad. Yeah, but you know what can happen within three years? Central bank digital currency, the unicorn. <laughs> Wait, didn't you just talk about, you just sent me an article too about more banks being downgraded, more regional banks. Every so, Wait, hold on. Let's go back to that term we used uh, earlier. We said be your own bank. Be your own bank in terms of life insurance. Uh, we have yet to see it work. Be your own bank in terms of keeping money at your house so you have access to it when it's not like that tied up into a bank. Uh, that we approve. We're big Let's fans. talk about it next week. Let's talk about be, be your own, own bank, bank and how to do it. Let's talk about cashing your safe next week and how to prevent fire. Let's talk about it every week. Listen to past episodes. Tell them where they can find it. We got to close up. We got one minute. Jim's kicking. We got to go. So let's end the show right here. Make sure you reach out to us at team at anothermoneyshow.com or give us a call at 623-523-0444. Let us help you plan for your financial future. We want you prepared, not scared. We'll talk to you next week on 960 The Patriot. And thank you as always for being with us. Thanks for listening to Another Money Show. You deserve to work with a private wealth management firm that will strategically work to protect your hard-earned assets. To schedule your free, no-obligation consultation, visit anothermoneyshow.com. 
Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM. A registered investment advisor. BCM and Rochford Financial are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Fixed annuities, including multi-year guaranteed rate annuities, are not designed for short-term investments and may be subject to restrictions, fees, and surrender charges as described in the annuity contract. Guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuer.